Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. FitSpeak, the podcast, is available on Podbean, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and our website, which is www.fitspeak.com. We're also alive and kicking it on Instagram. We have pictures of all things triathlon and fitness related. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We are at FitSpeak. And we're also Facebook friendly. The latest links to the coolest things in multi-sport, plus conversations to think about why you try. It's FitSpeak on Facebook. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting's Cycle and Mission. And here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Mary. Mention that word to Bruce or any of the staff members at Wentings and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wentings Word of the Week is Mary. And we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the start of the Christmas season and those mega calorie sessions already here, it's easy to get off track. TriJoy can help. We'll get you working on a structured training plan that'll burn calories and keep you motivated through Christmas and New Year's. And when the holiday season is over, you'll be fit, not fat. Ready to take on that marathon, fondo, triathlon, whatever it is you have planned that's mega in 2021. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See our link at the bottom of this page. On the program today, we're off to Victoria to speak with a University of Victoria master's student who's doing research on how COVID-19 is influencing the mental well-being of endurance athletes. Are we all eating a bag of potato chips and drinking a six-pack of beer every night? We find out with Peter Felice. One guy who's more into Christmas cake than Christmas potato chips is Mission's Mikey Ross. As coach for the ATC, he'll be back offering helpful hints for treadmill training. That is, if you should be so fortunate as to have a treadmill. That might make a pretty nifty present. Speaking of presents, we've enlisted the help of W. Waddy Inc. Racing Apparel Ambassador, F2C Ambassador Roy McBeth. Him and Kevin Water joining us again for some timely advice on what to buy the endurance sports person in your life. We also talk cyclocross and we have a recap from a Canadian perspective, some of the big performances from the Professional Triathletes Organization World Championships that were held down in Daytona, Florida earlier in the month. 40 minutes of brain food for your indoor training sessions, seeing as you're not going anywhere this Christmas because of COVID, starts right now. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, riding down Santa Claus Lane. Blitz and blitz and all the hills are reindeer, pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. And on the line with us tonight is Wadi Inc. and F2C Ambassador, Uber Cyclist. Can I still call you that, Roy? Uh, you can. I don't know if anyone will believe you, but uh, I, I enjoy it. So, Kevin, do you think we could call Roy uh, still an Uber Cyclist? <laughs> I'm just laughing because he's Wadi and I'm Watt. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's certainly uh, an Uber Cyclist. And soon to be... Your very own Christmas shopping concierge. We do have Roy Macbeth. Roy, welcome back to Fitspeak. 
Excellent. Thanks for having me back. Uh, always a pleasure. And those familiar tones are the Fitspeak co-host Kevin Watt, who's been uh, absent for a couple of episodes. Good to hear your voice again, Kevin. Thank you. It's good to be back on. Happy to be here. Yeah. Wow. We're talking a lot of fun. We had a chance to talk to about seven or eight people a couple of weeks back. We uploaded the podcast over the weekend. That was a great roundtable we had talking with people like uh, Phoenix Velo President Jeff Warham, of course, Bruce Wenting from Wenting Cycle, the uh, Uber cyclist from Vancouver. He is well on his way to doing some awesome things with Winston Gao, Leanne Parker, of course, the personal trainer, the running coach, the the triathlete, and uh, a whole raft of other people, including, um, of course, Roy was there, and F2C uh, main person, the guy who invented the company, of course, Greg Cowan was there. Um, anything stick in your mind from the, the roundtable discussion we had with those folks, Roy? Uh, you know what? I just thought it was a really uh, a fantastic group. There was a lot of different uh, perspectives on uh, what's happened through the season. And I think we got uh, just some really good vantage points of how this crazy year has affected everyone from athletes to, uh, you know, store owners, people within the business to, um, you know, people that are looking after nutrition and, and that kind of stuff. So it was, I thought it was really great. It was uh, really diverse. Yeah, and uh, sounds like everybody's taking it in stride. Uh, challenges of different types. I mean, Bruce Wenting can't get a day off. And of course, Leanne Parker would love to to have more time with her clients because of uh, all the complications connected to COVID. And Winston is doing what he can out in Vancouver. But uh, let's go to mission for a second. Uh, Kevin, you weren't part of that discussion. But what were some of the major challenges that you had? Because you're obviously active in the uh, cycling community as a big organizer and like to ride your bike fairly frequently as well. Honestly, I've taken a bit of a step back, you know, a few, uh, you know, the positive spin uh, we canceled this year and just because um, numbers, but then fortunately or unfortunately COVID, uh, although all that money is always donated and, you know, we work hard um, to find donations, uh, you know, and of course the Valley Fondo changed hands. So again, took another step back. So that's been good. I think some of the things though, that I've really chats with people about COVID and just, you know, triathletes and stuff like that. But a lot of people, it's like, they feel like there's not much point in training because there are no races. And so, for example, triathlon is not just about racing. It's, it's about a lifestyle, right? It's about just, it's about discipline, eating properly, being active, just, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And I think just kind of simplifying the why of triathlon. And then, you know, time you're talking with a triathlete it's obviously high performance and you haven't seen me run lately <laughs> well it, you know but the other thing too is i've had a lot of conversations and i've kind of encouraged and helped people to even do the ten thousand steps a day right? yeah so a lot of people trying to get their whole head wrapped around covid and the stress of it and just all the different layers and dynamics to it. And it's, oh yeah, that guy, Kevin, he used to 
lot of running and doing this. Hey, you know, I got a question for you. And I'm like, I'm always like, you know, all ears go for it. Right. Cause I'm that kind of guy too. I'll have a million questions. Mm-hmm. And I probably got five or six people this year uh, alone doing 10,000 steps mm-hmm. uh, scaled back basic, but very committed and dedicated just on doing simply 10,000 steps. That's about, I don't know, that's about four and a half kilometers out of the month, right? Yeah. So every single day, rain mm. or shine, it doesn't matter. Manage their stress levels when it came to COVID and all the rest of it, right? So, of course. And there's there's certainly more to, to health and fitness than swim, bike, run. And it sounds like you're a good ambassador, not only for, for sport itself, but for just good basic health we're gonna kind of switch tracks right now and uh roy i understand that uh you're gonna tell us a little bit about uh the cyclocross action i know with the tour de france and the races in italy and in spain all put off later into the season we had almost like cyclocross weather for those grand tours but uh, a couple of weeks ago the cyclocross for real started and you've got some up-and-comers that you want to tell us about yeah well i mean and not even so much up-and-comers i guess but you know as 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 with all the other uh, cycling events throughout the fall uh uci cyclocross has had to the, the series has had to be shortened for the year due to covid um but uh the uci world championship series started a couple weeks ago um in tabor in czechoslovakia and then this weekend the second race will be in and Namur, which I believe is in Belgium. And I mean, the, the big story this year with UCI cyclocross is, of course, the two previous world champions, uh, young and uh, the young and up and coming guys that were on the UCI tour this mm-hmm. year, uh, Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool, who were both previous world champions in cyclocross, are coming off immensely uh, fortuitous cycling careers this fall and they're returning to cyclocross so the big matchup is back and people are really excited for that so a lot of uh highly competitive folks folks with a lot of success in the major tours um i guess going back to their roots back to the dirt and mud in belgium and uh getting wet and getting into the christmas season with uh with a few more races under their belt and uh more opportunities for racing and success and and speaking of racing opportunities you know the racing opportunities in canada were pretty few and far between a few of us were lucky enough to do the kickoff uh race at the ubc duathlon triathlon way back when the world was a much uh more i suppose a civilized place for lack of a better term but um in canada not a lot of multi-sport racing so one of the biggest races that's usually held of course is the kona race the world championships in hawaii in the month of october of course that was put off but that made the race the uh, pto world championship the Kona equivalent and maybe a little bit bigger. So, Roy, um, you want to talk a little bit about what you thought about the World Championships uh, a couple of weeks ago? Well, the Daytona World Championship, the the you know the professional triathletes organization, they put on quite the show. It was awesome to watch. I know you know our family is is right into that, so we of course watched the you know we streamed PTO Daytona all day long, watching starting out with the women's race and watching the men's race. You know, a couple points, and I, and I watched a lot of the interviews with some of the pros after, and, you know, they said, although it wasn't Kona, it didn't have that Kona feel, of course, because of, you know, the crowds and the ocean and just the smell and all that stuff, but I think everyone was really excited to race. 
and you had such a, I think, an eclectic mix of triathletes at that event that it really brought a lot of mystique around who was going to win that event. You know, they changed the disc, they shuffled the distances up, you know, so that it's, you know, who did it favor? Did it favor short course ITU athletes? Did it favor middle distance athletes? Was it going to favor long course athletes? Um, and in the end, I mean, there was carnage all around. It was yeah. uh, fantastic to watch both the women's and the men's race. And um, yeah, I mean, so much to talk about. Could go on and on. Um, that could be a podcast in itself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a, a few bright spots for Canada in the men's division taking fourth. And uh, as you were saying in a previous podcast there, Roy, the fellow who had the fastest bike run split segments put together was Canada's Lionel Sanders. And he uh, basically handed the rest of the field, what, four or five minutes after having, even for him, kind of a, a slower than usual swim. So spotted the rest of the field five minutes and he clawed a lot back, but uh, not good enough for top three. But, you know, fourth is not too bad. And then, of course, things were even better from a Canadian perspective on the women's side. Do you want to talk about that great performance? Well, yeah, I mean, Paula's had a lot of rough luck since, what, 2012, where, you know, I think she was sort of touted as Canada's next great hope at a gold medal in triathlon after Simon Whitfield, you know, set the bar as the sport came in. Mm -hmm. And and uh, she finished last. I mean, injuries, whatever else was going on, you know, it was just, it was, a re it was really emotional to watch that happen for her. And... You know, she stuck it out. She finished. And I think after that, she went through a long time where, um, you know, she was injured. Maybe she wasn't enjoying racing. And and uh, to overcome that over a period of, of eight years and uh, come back and absolutely, you know, lay a smackdown on mm -hmm. 50 of the best all-round short course distance, middle distance, uh, long distance athletes in the world uh, and take home one of the biggest prize purses yeah. out there. You know, um, you know, close to what one hundred thirty thousand dollars Canadian for a day. Uh, it was awesome to see Paula Finley, and uh, we were certainly cheering for her all day long. Yeah, and one of the things I didn't realize, her hometown was Edmonton. So when she went on this training jag along with uh, her boyfriend, if that's how you want to explain it, they're based now out of Canmore, Alberta. And they're um, one of the good things that they do, almost as good as anybody in the business, is the art now of self-promotion. They've made a series of, of merchandise, which came out of their podcast or um, YouTube channel, which has really taken off. So it's kind of neat to see the pros take taking some big time initiative, you know, posting to social media, making entertaining and high quality videos. And uh, along with Lionel Sanders, I mean, some some pretty interesting and the results, of course, at the uh, Challenge Daytona race, the PTO World Championships were uh, kind of like the icing on a cake to a eh, not so great year. But you know what happens at the end of every year? We've got New Year's Eve, of course, and a couple of weeks before that, we have Christmas. So Kevin, we're going to get you to chime in in just a little bit, but Roy has been been hard at work and he's pulled up the new phone with the list. Roy's going to give us some Christmas suggestions for the uh, multi-sport athlete. And I believe you've got some sort of special, what is it? $4 signs, $3 signs, something like that. Well, I, yeah, I, you know, I thought it was the easiest way to do it to be like uh, a menu that you see on TripAdvisor or something like that. So um, I put together uh, with the aid of, um, uh, you know, and my wife and uh, Bike Boy, our <laughs> partner, who 
the three of us spend a lot of time in our pain cave uh, and things that have kind of uh, made it an enjoyable place to spend uh, Friday evenings as a family and come up with a bit of a list where people can, uh, if you're looking for those late Christmas gifts for your training geeks, uh, this could be it. And you know, if this if, if it doesn't arrive on time, we can always blame it on Canada Post. They are having a not so stellar of a year. Um, that's even on their website. So um, if you're thinking yes. of something, blame it on Canada Post, blame it on COVID. What's, what's your list, Roy? Well, I'll give you a quick list here. And, and I mean, these things can be ordered. Uh, you can get, I would, I highly promote trying to grab things local if you can. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think a lot of the businesses that we can support locally, so you know, even London drugs for some of these things or your local bike shops and stuff, that's going to be the way to go. If you need to go Amazon, go Amazon. But uh, starting the list, I, I, I basically started it with $3 signs and, and sort of a value of about 150 to $500, depending on, you know, what you're really looking for. But one of the big things that makes uh, our pain cave awesome uh, are the wireless Bluetooth speakers. We've gone with a couple of those UE Boom speakers that are Bluetooth. Uh, you can pair more than one of them together. Uh, and they run about uh, about $150 each, but uh, really great. A training desk, uh, you know, Wahoo makes one. It's quite expensive, but you can also find things uh, from Staples or Rad Cycle on Amazon. They do one for about half the price that has uh, charging ports for your phone, your outlets, uh, hmm. water bottle holders, stuff so you can have everything in front of you and have your hands free when you're really, you know, getting down in the drops and getting after that sprint on Zwift. You know, an iPad, of course, or some kind of device to run Training Peaks, Zwift, uh, Trainer Roads, whatever kind of platform you're going to use. So those are kind of the bigger higher end items. Mm -hmm. You know, we can drop down to the $2 signs on our on our Pain Cave menu. <laughs> uh, basically, sort of the $50 to $150. We went with uh, so, I mean, one of the things I run my programs just off my iPhone yes. uh, and I, I pair that to uh, a TV via H an HDMI adapter for my phone, which is about 75 bucks, but changes my, you know, three inch screen on my phone to a 46 inch screen in front of my trainer, which is, which is nice. A lot more engaging um, when you're chasing down some people and your eyes are yeah. kind of blurry in the first place. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, a set of Bluetooth headphones are, are often nice, uh, you know, if you have more than one person in the pain cave and music preferences are a little different. Uh, I tend to be sort of the hardcore hairband guy from the 80s uh, and Connor likes maybe some more uh, more recent stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, and seems to like uh, some of the disco remix stuff. Oh, okay. So sometimes the, the headphones are good. Mm. <laughs> um, training mats. Uh, I think a must. I actually saw someone post on on our Wadi team page today uh, how her floor has been damaged under her trainer from wow. all the sweat. Yeah. Um, so you know these training mats are awesome. We you know all the bike manufacturers make them. We picked up a really cool one for Connor with some really cool big skulls and stuff on it, and <laughs> it's made by Icon. You can pick them up at any motorcycle shop locally. Uh, so go in and support local and pick up a, a trainer mat for your trainer. We did our pain cave up with uh, LED bulbs in the sockets and a, and a bunch of strings of Christmas lights <laughs> for Christmas. So that's been cool, a cool addition. Uh, a floor fan is a must, at least one. Yes. And, uh, you know, things like a Spotify gift card. I'd be remiss, I think, if I didn't uh, pitch the Wadi Ink base layers and gear and stuff like that for, for training. It's awesome, awesome kit. And I mean, if you're looking to order that, I'd order soon. They're good with shipping, but of course, it's got to come FedEx across the border. Right. 
And then lastly, you know, just those even stocking stuffer size that we pick up, that's the sort of $1 menu on the pain cave menu and, and the 10 to $50 range, things like uh, training towels. You can order cool Wahoo or Zwift training towels. We tend to throw in, uh, you know, some F, the F2C makes a new 38 ounce bottle now, this massive bottle, which is awesome for, you know, get you through about a two hour session on the trainer. Um, and of course, they've got some great products for indoor training when you're, you know, losing, losing fluid like crazy oh yeah you know so hydrodurance and glycodurance things like that picked up a really cool garmin mount uh, for the back of the phone to run your companion app i know kevin we were talking about that how you're trying to trying to reach for that power up in the in the (laughs) the important sprint and if you miss it you're done oh yeah and you know when you're doing that you're all thumbs and you're trying to and your hands are sweaty so your screen is greasing out so (laughs) definitely so tell us what that one was again so that's made by garmin yeah, well, the gar- I can't remember the name of the one I got. To be honest, that was one. I know they um, they have one called Quad Lock, which is fairly expensive. It's mm. around 40 bucks. The Garmin mount that I picked up for the phone just sticks to the back of your phone with 3M tape, and then the other side is a Garmin mount, mm-hmm. um, and it was $16. Okay, cheap, um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, other things, a lot of people are moving, you know, with uh, winter coming. Some people are doing treadmill workouts on Zwift as well, just for that little extra engagement. You can do group runs trainer workouts so you know a Zwift foot pod or some kind of a bluetooth foot pod and they can run anywhere from you know 50 to 100 dollars. and then the biggest stocking stuffer that we go through in our household uh are headbands and wristbands so mm-hmm. throw it back to the 70s and and your gene simmons outfit <laughs> throw headbands and wristbands and uh you know that saves a lot of sweat off your multi-thousand dollar bike uh, that can cause uh, some huge issues if it's if it's not looked after properly during a winter season of training. So. Yeah, that can be uh, quite the corrosive factor. All that salt in our bodies, just you know, showering all over the brake hoods and into the brakes, and of course into the shifter mechanism. So why not you know rock a, a classic look? And I know you're a bit of a headbanger because I think you were yes. meaning you were meaning to say Richard Simmons, and you said Gene Simmons from Kiss. <laughs> Right. You are banging your head, <laughs> that and that's fine. Now, kiss is on my playlist. <laughs> so, Kevin Watt of Santa Claus was good to you. What would be a couple of the things that you'd like to see under your Christmas tree this year? Let me just go back to Roy there for a second. I love it loud. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, shoes, running shoes. I actually uh, just went for a run a couple of nights ago. Who, yeah, who, who was chasing you? Uh, nobody was chasing me. I was, uh, yeah, I don't know what came over me, but I uh, <laughs> went into my little closet there and dug out my running shoes from like probably f- four years ago, but they're still fine. Put them on, ran for about five or six kilometers. Uh, so maybe some new running shoes under my, my Christmas tree here. Um, I can't think of anything else. Okay. Although I did run into uh, uh, one cycling buddy here a couple of weeks ago, Derek Slykerman, and he has a new POC helmet for cycling. But what I really did like about that is it had some sort of a uh, GPS chip in it. And so if for whatever reason you need a, to call in the infantry to come pick you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a little button on there that you push and uh, it sends out your location. And I guess maybe your 
wife or your whoever will come and pick you up uh, just by looking at their phone. So uh, that might be something that would be nice under the Christmas tree too. Okay, thank you so much, Roy. Thank you, KW. You bet, coming anytime. From the University of Victoria, a big Fitspeak welcome to Peter Felice. Hi there. Well, we're so happy to have you on the podcast. And the reason we have you on the podcast is because um, you were poking around asking some questions and you came across our uh, Abbotsford Triathlon Club website a couple of weeks back and you're doing some research project for your master's degree at the University of Victoria. Um, Tell us about the details of that. Hey, so as you know, with COVID, it's really changed the world of athletics. I mean, from training to competition, people have had their schedules flipped around. So I had um, an idea when I couldn't do my initial research project, which is more focused around physiology, just to ask people how um, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their athletics. So we're asking um, people about mainly how it affects their competition, their sleep. We're using uh, a medically validated survey, the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index. And we're just trying to get data on that. And a lot of people are asking this question. It's it, it's almost like this quiz essential, philosophical, existential debate. You know, um, whether it's in Triathlon Magazine Canada, there's another big online uh, magazine called Slow Twitch, and you know, a question that keeps popping up over and over: Is a triathlete still a triathlete if we do not compete? And uh, there's a variety of answers. And I guess you're going to get a more uh, academic background on this, Peter. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rower, but I definitely know in any sport, if if you don't compete, you are still an athlete. Athletics about training, pers- pushing your own personal boundaries. So uh, once an athlete, always an athlete. And, and we're getting some validation right there. Uh, a little bit earlier into the uh, COVID, uh, I should say, is this a nightmare or is this an experience or is this an opportunity? Well, it sounds like it's becoming a bit of an opportunity for you, Peter. Um, tell us how big, what's the magnitude of this study? So we're trying to get as many as possible. You know, I'm trying to do uh, actually, I know I'm based in BC, but Canada-wide mm-hmm. sweep. I'm hoping for well over a hundred people to answer. So we're trying to get quite a few, quite a few volunteers in this research project. I want to hear stories across Canada. How has COVID affected your training? Are you training more? Are you losing sleep from this? Is your performance going down? Is it going up? And that was one of the questions that we were asking. Um, we had a few members of Canada's Olympic team on our podcast. Of course, they were all keyed up because they have a three-year or four-year, in some cases, buildup uh, for the Olympic Games. And it was kind of interesting because, for the most part, these are generally young folks who have, you know, grown up as an elite athlete and had the competitions and everything as part of their lives. And in the interviews that we did with them, um, three, you know, folks who were headed off to the Olympics, it was amazing how well they were coping with this letdown. I mean, they were all geared up to participate, you know, back in July in Tokyo in, in triathlon. But the way they handled it, the way they used this as an opportunity, you know, to, to 
reconnect with family, to perhaps get better at one specific sport, um, to have some valuable downtime, to do some, you know, personal brand building as a personal triathlete or as a professional triathlete. It was really remarkable and re really encouraging. So um, from those, uh, you know, from a perspective of uh, high level, you know, Olympic caliber athletes, uh, it sounded like they, at least back in the month of March, they were doing splendidly. So it'll be interesting to see if you have the same sort of uh, feedback coming from, uh, I guess, our run-of-the-mill age groupers. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, for my study, I want to include everybody. There's no um, competitive limit or anything required to join. You know, I think all athletes bring wealth of experiences. You know, there's these Olympic athletes who are training for the highest possible competition. Right. But, you know, everyone can, everyone's perspective is valuable. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, both my wife and myself have uh, been through the, the rigors of a, a master's program as well. And it's almost oh, yeah. like... Uh, training for the Olympics, the amount of dedication, uh, perseverance, the hurdles that get in the way. And as you were saying, Peter, your your initial one had to be scrapped because of this whole COVID-19. Um, any other challenges in your survey or your academic work so far this year? No, you know, I mean, I'm experiencing the same challenges as everybody going through this COVID, but allowing my research to be online, you've let me do that. It's actually made, you know, a pretty smooth transition. I'm emailing a lot of clubs and I'm getting very positive responses towards my research. So that aspect has not been more made more difficult. In some ways, I'm not going to say easier, definitely not easier, but just not harder. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I'm just, uh, you know, taking a guess here. Um, because some of us aren't quite as busy as we would be ordinarily in a season where we would perhaps be training a bit more, don't know about that, but certainly not going to competitions, it might be a little bit easier to, to pin down a few triathletes, uh, seeing as, well, we ain't got no racing to do. <laughs> I know, yeah. If I, was, uh, if I was still competing as an athlete, that'd make me very itchy i'd be when i was rowing i loved racing yeah yeah i really feel feel for the athletes right now we're gonna have to wait mm -hmm. indefinitely until the next race yeah and who knows i mean from a triathlete perspective at least here in canada that's um well traditionally our first uh competition of the year for a multi-sport uh competition is at University of British Columbia, which was the last race I did way back the first weekend in March. And of course, it was the weekend after that where things got totally shut down. And, you know, many of us in the Abbotsford Triathlon Club were going to be doing this dynamic race event series, which was a, a four event package. Uh, a lot of us were headed to Penticton to, uh, you know, do the Ironman race there. Some folks for their very first triathlon, very first Ironman. So, you know, some. Uh, some broken hearts for sure, but uh, I guess you're going to find out just how broken hearted or how resilient we're going to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm actually curious. So the UBC race for mm -hmm. triathlon, where would the swim portion be? Rec Beach or does it start? Thankfully, it is in the swimming pool at UBC. At, um, oh, okay. I, I, yeah, um, it's certainly not an ocean swim, although, you know, people, people, you know, do dip their toes into the water there. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, tell us any idea. I know it's a long road, you know, getting um, consent and getting the approval of the, the faculty to go ahead and do your study. Um, but if you could venture a guess, any idea as to when your study might be published? Right. So, I mean, I've gone through a lot of the major hurdles right now, you know, I've created the study, got yeah. all the approval and starting to get quite a few responses. I'm hoping to publish early next year. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, that's yeah. actually, you know, considering like we're in almost November, early next year. So we're talking like, yeah. wow, okay, good for you. Uh, Going to grind it out Thanks. in a hurry. Started to move pretty quickly when people started responding. So. Mm -hmm. I'm very optimistic yeah. that I can get it done by next year. So let's uh, let's talk about you. So Peter, you're uh, in addition to being an, an academic, working on your master's degree. Um, what's your athletic background? So right now I'm a rowing coach, and most of my life I've been a rower. Used to be a runner. So I've done one half marathon, and I've done shorter races as well. Got to the point where. I got a running injury, too frustrated to wait on the sidelines, uh, so walked into a rowing club and did that for, say, six, a good six, seven years. And the rowing that you're doing was exclusively in Victoria? So I'm from Toronto. Oh, you're from so Toronto, okay. Mississauga, Ontario. Mm -hmm. Rode out of Mississauga, rode out of downtown Toronto before uh, moving to Victoria. I continued my rowing here a bit. Mm-hmm. And what, what's your commitment like for a rowing coach right now? Does it pay some bills? Is it a lot of hours? Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's probably the funnest job in the world. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that's so cool yeah. to hear. I get to go out on my, uh, my pontoon boat and yell at other rowers, telling them what to do <laughs> on the ocean. So you can't beat that. Yeah. Working quite a lot with that early, early morning. That's the one downside no one likes to hear. We start at 4.45 a.m. each day. No way. Quarter to five. Yeah. Well, okay. That's when I start. They get to sleep until about five, five fifteen. So uh huh. A bit easier to be the athlete. So, so you got to tell us it's it's quarter to to five in the morning. You're rolling out of bed. How many cups of coffee before you can turn into the rowing coach that uh, you need to be? Unfortunately, there aren't really any coffee shops open at that time, so I just have to uh, grind it out till about nine. Like like four Otherwise, hours with. Without coffee. I know, it's tough, it's tough. Oh man, uh, I'm a teacher and you know, I, I've got an early start. Nothing like yours, but uh, the students would not want to see me unless I was 16 ounces into some uh, Starbucks dark roast. Bad things would happen. So so for yeah. you to, to be on deck or on your pontoon, um, you know, coaching athletes without the aid of uh, our favorite uh, beverage and drug of choice for the, for the FitSpeak fans, um, you know, it's caffeine. So uh, hats off to you. So um, any other sporting things um, you're going to get your master's degree? Do you have any plans to, to do something with that? Or are you going to go higher and deeper, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So with my master's degree, um, there are a few possibilities. One of the ones you mentioned, I was considering teaching. So I'm not, I'm not too sure right now. I'm exploring a few different avenues. And because you've been coaching rowing coaching, it's still, to an extent, uh, an endurance 
sport, there's a lot of techniques, there's a lot of building of cardio, there's obviously a lot of strength going into it. So what sorts of lessons uh, can triathletes learn from you coming from a background as a rowing coach? So one thing I see as, as a coach, and this was especially, especially true as an athlete, is be careful how you specialize. Rowing, we have different distances we race. So we mainly race at 2,000 meters. That takes about six to eight minutes. We also do longer races, 5K. You know, they could take anywhere 13 plus minutes. Mm -hmm. And be careful, be careful about overtraining. It's easier than athletes think. They get faster for a few weeks and then they completely crash. So in addition to overtraining, um, because I think... Uh rowing is certainly a higher intensity i mean even with the the five kilometer race that's over in a hurry compared to you know an average say sprint distance triathlon where you know even the fast guys are still you know just under 60 minutes and age groupers are doing somewhere between an hour and an hour and 20 minutes uh pre-race nutrition what does what does an average rower have before a competition before one of these full-out races so that depends on the rower. I know some athletes who do not eat at all before the race, before huh? the whole day. Usually, though, it's snacking on bread, on some fruit, kind of an hour or two before the race. Mm -hmm. it, adrenaline hits so hard that if you, I'd say, do not eat within an hour before starting a race. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because as triathletes, we can, we can, you know, I mean, the intensity is, you know, except in a few, few races, uh, nowhere near what you folks are putting out, especially, you know, if you're doing an Ironman where you can kind of, well, you know, you're eating as you're racing. Of course, that's just not going to happen in a rowing event. Yeah, I can only imagine. That's, uh, I'm guessing, well over 10 hours for the Ironman. Yep, uh, well, all the way up to about 17, um, 17, 17 hours, 59 minutes, and 59 seconds is the uh, official cutoff for, for most Ironman races around in the world. Oh, you'll sleep like a baby after that. Uh, yeah, if we don't overdose on the caffeine. But that is another story. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Peter, for uh, stopping by. When you do get that study uh, published and when the research trickles in, we'd love to hear, you know, your uh, your comments, what the research has found out. And, uh, you know, coming from a guy who's been through the mill as well, wishing you nothing but uh, the best of success in your academic and your athletic pursuits. All right. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. I'm Mikey Ross, coach with Abbotsford Triathlon Club, and this is my top five list for FitSpeak. Indoor running tips. Owning or having easy access to a treadmill helps ensure that no matter what weather winds your way over the wet and windy west coast winter, you'll have just what you need to get that run in. If you're a multi-sport athlete, it's also the perfect companion to an indoor bike trainer. So here are my top five tips for treadmill training success. Number one, tune up your treadmill now to ensure months of trouble-free winter running. Just as with your bike trainer, your treadmill occasionally needs some tender loving care. If you have no luck booking a home service appointment from a treadmill technician, since many only deal with fitness studios and rec centers, don't worry, most basic maintenance you can do yourself. 
you can usually find your online manual with easy instructions on how to adjust the running belt as well as to clean and lubricate the running platform. It's important to use the materials and fluids recommended. A cleaning kit can be had for under $30, while a home service will run you from $100 to $150. Number two, have everything possible organized beforehand. Just as with your bike trainer, it's always a good idea to have all of your running needs close at hand, particularly for those workouts called bricks, where you're literally hopping off your bike and onto that treadmill. Because my treadmill's in my very cold garage, I like to turn it on and warm it up completely at a super slow speed so as to avoid the lurching and lagging that can happen with a cold motor during the first few minutes of a run. Towels, electrical outlets for my monitoring devices, nutrition and hydration are all within arm's reach. Most importantly, I've already planned my run. Being a goal-oriented person, if I'm Zwifting, I've chosen which virtual world to run in and how long I'll be running. If I'm not Zwifting, but using the treadmill to just run, I use one of many number games to keep me motivated. One of those I'll explain next. Number three, plan a pace game run once every week or two. What is a pace game run? It's a run where you are following your distance or time data and changing your pace every time you reach a certain distance or time goal. Although similar to interval training and fartlek running, this run is all about your predetermined time or distance goal. Here's one example from dozens that you can develop for yourself and enjoy. Decide that every time you hit a double distance milestone, for example, 0.11 miles, 0.22 miles, 0.33 miles, you change your pace faster or slower. You can also play games with your calories burned and your total time run. It is amazing how deliberately paying attention to the numbers in a fun way actually passes the running time way faster when you know you're anticipating a pace change. Number four, indoor bricks. Bricks, whether indoor or outdoor, give you an incredible bang for your fitness buck, both in motivation and in fitness. A brick is simply two different sport workouts done one after the other. If you have a treadmill, set it up and have it plugged in, turned on and ready to roll as soon as you bounce off the bike. A brick once every week or two is all you need. In a future top five, I'll be offering you five awesome brick workouts that you can try. Bricking is brilliant. Number five, hide your data. Just as with indoor bike training, we can easily get too concerned with all that data flying our way while we treadmill run. Two solutions to this are pace games and actually hiding your data. Once in a while, run just by feel and ignore what that machine is telling you about pace, distance and time. Years ago, while training for Ironman, I would deliberately put a towel over my treadmill and then run and run and run. And what felt like a good chunk of time? Probably was, so I would reward myself by peeking to see how long and far I'd run. Surprise! 10 miles so soon? An hour already? There you have it. Let it snow. Hello, hail. Ice storms, welcome. Rain, do your thing. Treadmills allow you to run when you need to, not just when the weather lets you. For FitSpeak, I'm Mikey Ross.
And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. Coming up on our next episode, we have a post-race interview from Challenge Daytona. Our guest is one of Canada's fastest Ironman distance athletes, period. Cody Beals will be here. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is Mary. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Mary. And yes, we're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether you want to get faster or go farther, TriJoy can help. With our low client-to-coach ratio, we can give you the attention you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. We'd like to thank our guest this week, Peter Felice from the University of Victoria, and wish him the best in completing his master's degree. Just a reminder, we too are on Facebook. We're your local go-to spot for information and inspiration. Yes, it's FitSpeak on Facebook. And now, at FitSpeak on Instagram is your place on the internet where you can see what we've been up to, what excites us, and for you to share your story in pictures. And finally, if you're listening to us on Podbean, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, why not drop by our website to see a bit more about the program and maybe leave us a comment on the show or ideas for future programs. For Kevin Watt, Dr. Her, Roy McBeth, and Mikey Ross, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.